What's up, heathens? How you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Today we have the genetically modified skeptic that is going to be on the show. Uh, we are interviewing him to find out a little bit more about him. If you guys watch the Max Colbe thing, uh, that particular uh, video that it was pulled from uh, was actually going over a genetically modified skeptic's video about being arrogant and being an atheist. Uh, so if you will, please join me to find out a little bit more about genetically modified skeptic and I will see you heathens later. This is the genetically modified skeptic. Uh, he's recently been featured on uh, Hemimeta's blog, Friendly Atheist, um, and uh, you know that that's what brought my attention to him. But uh, you, you guys know that I love interviewing people and seeing how you know religion played a part in their lives. So that's what we're doing here today. So uh, welcome. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, joining me today. Oh, sorry. I uh, I have a have a dog that just totally jumped all over my tripod. <laughs> so, all right. Sorry about that. No, that's fine. Uh, so why don't, why don't you start, uh, you know, telling us a little bit about your channel and what you do there and, and everything. Well, uh, I, my name is Drew. I just kind of go by my first name on my channel. I don't, I don't know. I just never really saw a need necessarily to put my full name out there, although I'm okay with it. Like Hemant, has posted about my videos twice and called me Drew McCoy in each, and that's fine. Um, but I make videos about atheism and kind of pseudoscience skepticism. I originally started out wanting to make almost exclusively videos about kind of alternative medicine and kind of debunking and criticizing. Uh, I, I kind of wanted to look at a lot of uh, propaganda from the alternative medicine world and just kind of debunk it and make fun of it, almost Bible Reloaded style. And then I realized that would have been a lot funnier if I had a co-host. And so I decided to take it a little bit, a little bit more seriously. Um, I saw that people like to talk about atheism on my videos a lot. And so I decided to ramp up the uh, atheist content just a little bit. And that's gone pretty well so far. But yeah, I, my whole channel is just about trying to get people on the atheist side to question alternative medicine and people in the alternative medicine world to question religion. Okay, awesome. That, that sounds like a really good niche group to really focus on there. Um, yeah, which, uh, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, you you you've got the attention of Hemet Meta and, and and all them. So uh, you know, you're 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 on the way up. <laughs> Hopefully so. I was just really. It was weird. I I was just at work one day and he emailed me and was talking about sharing one of my videos and and trying to see if he could have my full name if that was okay. Like to post it in the article. And, and I uh, about shit my pants. So that was that was pretty cool. I, I'd only been around for about two months or so and that happened. So that was it's pretty cool. It's one of my goals achieved uh, pretty quickly. So nice. Yeah. So um, why don't why don't we start out by talking about how, you know, religion played a part in your, in your early life? Like, what was that like as a child and, and whatnot? Yeah, uh, I was raised independent fundamental Baptist. Basically, I went to church three times a week, sometimes more, you know, would go volunteer at the church all the time. I mean, the my family's entire life revolved around church and being very fundamental, interpreting everything from the Bible, literally, except for, you know, like stone people type of stuff. Uh, so, yeah. But uh, so I was very, very religious. Um, I didn't even start questioning until the end of 
my time at my very Christian conservative school. Um, and so it's, it's weird that I'm living the life that I'm living now, uh, because I, I never would have thought that I would have like gone away from the fold, um, because I was so much for creationism. I was so like even politically conservative as like a 12 year old, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, I bought it wholeheartedly was kind of the ideal Christian kid in a way. And, uh, so, and that's pretty much how I remained until I started questioning. So, okay. Like, did you, uh, like participate in like vacation Bible schools and did you, Oh yeah. 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 I, um, I participated in vacation Bible school every single year that I can remember. And then as soon as I was old enough, you know, I was a worker at every single vacation Bible school that my church put on until I guess I like moved away for college. And then I also went to a lot of Christian summer camps. I actually just put out a video about uh, why I'm working at Camp Quest. And a lot of that was my experience at uh, Christian summer camps were full of indoctrination. So I, I was also a kind of a leader in my youth group. And so I was extremely involved. That was my whole life, basically. Okay. Could, uh, well, I mean, w- would you be able to recall like, uh, so, like uh, any kind of uh, situations uh, during those, those camps that you felt were particularly like religiously indoctrinated or any aspects, I guess, maybe not specific instances? Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the funny things that I can remember is I, I wish I could remember the rest of the rest of the song, but there was a vacation Bible school that I was working when I was like in high school. And I was just, I was like basically a hype man. I just sat with the kids and, and did all the screaming and stuff, trying to get them all hyped up during these sermons. And they had like a puppet show at one point where they were talking about evolution and why it's like a bunch of lies. And they had this song that was about, uh, it was like my great, 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 great grandma's not a monkey. My great, 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 great grandpa's no ape, something like that. Uh, and I, I remember sitting and thinking, this is, the funniest thing that I've ever seen. And it's just so true. Like I resonate with this so much and I want to make sure that all these little kids understand like the deep, uh, meaning behind this just silly little song. And it, there's a lot of stuff that I think I saw as very innocent then that now looking back on it, I realize it was kind of a wolf in sheep's clothing type of deal. <laughs> it's a right. scary stuff in my mind now. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I mean, I remember going to like vacation Bible school and whatnot, but I, I never, like, I, I've never recalled like anything specific other than like just me having fun with friends. But then again, like religion wasn't that big of a deal for me, even when I was younger. So, uh, but that, it's, it's kind of interesting to, to hear, you know, all these different uh, experiences with like vacation Bible school and, uh, and whatnot. So is there, um, is, is there anything like in, in your early life, uh, like that kind of stuck out to you as far as like how your parents were or how your friends were or anything like that? Like just uh, like now that you look back on it, is it, is it like, wow, that was, that was not cool or something like that? Yeah. Um, this is, this is almost like a funny story that I tell some people about my upbringing, whether they're Christian or not, because they usually, they think it's crazy either way. Uh, but I was the only person in my church, only kid in my youth group that was like allowed to listen to music. And I'm not talking about like secular music. I mean, music, like it, there was no doctrine in our church that said you couldn't listen to music or something. But a lot of the time the kids in the youth group were only allowed to maybe 
like listen to a soundtrack from a movie if their parents were around or like if there was a Southern gospel singer that came to the church that happened all the time, they would like pick up a CD and like, they'd be able to maybe listen to that. But I, you know, I, I like listened to punk rock and stuff and my parents didn't really like it, but they were kind of like, he's he has access to the internet. So he's going to listen to what he's going to listen to. Let's just like try to be a good influence. But I mean, everybody in my church besides me, it seemed like wasn't even allowed to listen to like gospel CDs unless their parents were around type of thing. So, um, really, really scary stuff. Uh, and yeah, a lot of Christians that I've talked to, my friends are Christians now. I think that that's absolutely ridiculous even. Yeah. Um, that, that, seems, that seems rather weird. Um, are, are you familiar with, uh, Steven Anderson? Um, this, the name sounds familiar, but I don't, I don't think so. Well, he's a uh, pastor in uh, Tempe, Arizona, and I mean, he's like severe fundamentalist Baptist kind of person. Oh, he's that guy that jumped up on the um, jumped up on the pulpit thing was like screaming, "Get out of here!" If you if you say LGBT community or something, right? Right, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he ag- he actually recently uh, cut out a section of a sermon from like 2014 where he was talking about how women in marriages can't be raped. Uh, and so like, you know, I, I'm kind of curious that, uh, you know, you know, how, how would, you know, your fundamentalist upbringing kind of mirror like that kind of sentiment? Like, is it, is, is it somewhere between that and like the, the newer age, I guess, kind of Christians or, or is it like Steven Anderson's kind of, uh, I guess, um, uh, Christianity? Mm, I would say that the beliefs are probably were probably exactly the same as his, but the delivery was a little different. Like maybe if he like took his annex or something, that would have been my pastor. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we had guest speakers that came to the church every you know couple of months or something, like evangelists that would be fire and brimstone, and I mean they wouldn't like yell the word fag or anything like that, but uh, they would teach the same kind of message, just maybe with some of the less uh like some of the slurs taken out basically so yeah beliefs pretty much exactly the same um just not delivered in a like hateful way i guess right yeah okay yeah i was just trying to get a sense of of exactly how like far fundamentalist it it was but now uh, let's get on to like why you started questioning what was like was there any kind of pivotal moment that started making you question or was it like a long drawn out process that made you start questioning? What, what was that like? Um, I guess it kind of happened in steps. It was like, um, one domino falling over and, you know, toppling over the rest kind of like that. But the first dominoes fell really, really slowly. And then suddenly a lot fell really quickly. So basically the, I would say the first thing that really made me start questioning was I took an astronomy class at my Christian school and my professor was an actual, he's a, he was a particle physicist and he, he actually was, had like some decent research, uh, behind him and everything. And he, one of his hobbies was astronomy. So basically all that to say he was a legitimate scientist. And so he wasn't actually going to teach us something that was just total bullshit. Like there's a young earth or something. Uh, so I think it was in like sophomore year of college and I took that astronomy class and I went in as a young earth creationist and I came out as an old earth creationist. Uh, so, I mean, we didn't address like if 
evolution was possible or something because that's not really relevant. Uh, we just did astronomy. And I realized, you know, studying like redshifting, studying the fact that it takes tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of years for a photon to actually be released from the fusion process of the sun and make it to Earth. So therefore, there's no way that we'd even be able to see the, the light of the sun if we were only, you know, a 6,000 year old uh, planet. So that was kind of my first domino to fall. And then later in school, you know, I was still totally fundamentalist. Like I've said this in one of my videos, I was a fundamentalist in every other way. And I just was like, I'm not going to think about it because I don't want to. Uh, I just, I, I, I think I knew that I can't or I couldn't. Uh, and so I finally in my senior year, I took an actual, I took a graduate class kind of as a dual credit type thing in human sexuality. And I realized you know, people are, are totally born gay. They're born LGBT and nothing that has ever been tried statistically can, can be shown to work at all. You can't change them. Uh, they're, they're born that way and they're going to stay that way. And I, I had a little bit of a, of a crisis, like a secret crisis thinking, oh man, uh, well, the science says that God created everybody, uh, everybody that's gay, he created them gay and they're not ever going to be able to change. And yet they are condemned for that. And that didn't make any sense to me. So I tried to push it out of my head as much as possible. And it didn't really work because, and this is something that I've mentioned in one of my videos before, I at that time was really in a dialogue with uh, one of my relatives about alternative medicine. I had come to the conclusion that alternative medicine was total bullshit. And that medicine, uh, yeah, if there's no such thing as alternative medicine, if it's medicine, it's proven, you know, if it's proven, it's medicine. There's no alternative to that and no alternative facts, I guess I'll say. So I was arguing with them and they said, you know, like kind of stop attacking me. This is what I believe. It's important to me. And it made me realize that's exactly what I'm doing with Christianity. I have these things that don't really make sense with my beliefs, but I'm allowing the cognitive dissonance. And after that, I realized I, I have to dig into this because these thoughts are just nagging me. Like they, they just keep coming. I'm never going to get away from them until I address them. So I thought if Christianity is really true, even sorry, my dog's barking now. Uh, if, if Christianity is really true, then everything that I find is going to show me that it is. Maybe it's a different kind of Christianity than I was brought up with, but I'll, I'll find the truth. And so I went in with a little bit of confidence and, but I try to be as objective as possible. At that time, I was watching a lot of like SciShow and it's okay to be smart and crash course. And I realized, you know, there's, there's nothing out there that is really supporting Christianity in, in at least this literal view. And I'll say even my fundamentalist indoctrination probably pushed me away from interpreting anything as a metaphor. Like I, I was like, Genesis just isn't a metaphor. If it's a metaphor, there was no original sin. And, uh, the story of the like death and resurrection that makes no sense. Like he's dying for nothing because he just created them that way. And it, it just all started falling all at once. And I, I decided to go on just a total media blackout for about four months when all the dominoes started to fall. And I thought, I need to figure this out from a philosophical point of view. I don't want any 
I don't want to watch any like atheist videos. I don't want to watch any Christian videos. I want them to be my own arguments. So I decided to even push off my ideas or I'll say my knowledge of evolution and my knowledge of people being born uh, LGBT. And I ended up coming to, you know, if, if God created me with the mind that I have that is skeptical and it's questioning and he can't present evidence that is or almost make a self-evident type argument, like an ontological type argument that would convince me that the universe operates with like just with him, not necessarily without him, then, then he would. And it's not my fault that I'm questioning this way if I'm not the one who's ultimately in control of my mind. So I finally came to kind of the problem of evil. Uh, and I realized it was like, you know, he's all powerful and, uh, um, yeah, all powerful and kind of all, all good. And then whence, whence come as he, the whence cometh evil, if he can be, he can be all knowing or all powerful, I'm sorry. And, uh, all good. No, I'm totally messing that up. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm just blanking on that. But anyway, I think, I think he'd catch my drift. I, I was realizing that it, it's not my fault that I'm questioning. And I, I finally came out of the, the media blackout thinking, you know, it, it seems that the universe can, can operate entirely without any kind of supernatural explanation. Um, all the research that I've done has, has shown that all of the kind of arguments just in my head don't really work out to prove anything beyond just what I can observe and what is, uh, what's natural. I, I could never observe something supernatural and therefore why, why could I ever believe in that? Uh, and I, I finally one day, just after about four months of that blackout, I was like, I don't really know what the word for what I am. Maybe it's atheist. And so I, I, I think I looked up the definition of like atheist to see if I was, and I was. <laughs> and so I, you know, I was like, oh, wow, I'm really in the shit now. I, I have no idea what to do. And eventually I found some atheist videos that kind of comforted me and made me realize some people, other people that are really smart have had these same thoughts. And so eventually I got into atheist YouTube pretty hard and that's kind of why I'm doing this now. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm kind of curious, um, what, uh, like, like during that time when you were kind of questioning things and even, uh, I guess maybe even, uh, after that, uh, astronomy class where you were, you changed from young earth to old earth, like, did you tell anybody about this or, or did you kind of keep it to yourself? Um, I think the only person that I cared to talk to about it with was my then girlfriend, now wife. Um, we took the class together and we were both convinced by the same evidence. We, we talked about it after class, like every day, like this doesn't really make sense with the Bible. Exactly. Maybe everything was created with age. Maybe it was this way. It was this way. Neither one of us really settled on anything. Uh, but we both knew that the other one wasn't, a young earth creationist anymore. She was before the class as well and wasn't afterward. And, uh, so we just, we talked about it there. Uh, there were, there were some people in my school that weren't necessarily young earth creationists. Um, someone moved across the hall from me like a semester later and became like my best friend. And he, he's always been like an old earth creationist basically. And so I talked to him about it, but it wasn't something that I found, I didn't want to talk about it, so I never thought to bring it up with anyone. 
Uh, and so I, I guess no one really knew besides my girlfriend and fiance, then wife until I started coming out as an atheist to anybody, which is still not a lot of people now. Okay. So have you, uh, I mean, uh, I'm presuming that your parents know. Yeah. Um, I hid the whole thing from my parents for probably, it was about a year. I started, I started really realizing, you know, I'm, I'm probably an atheist in at the very beginning of 2016. And I came out to them just this last January, uh, 2017. I'm pretty sure it was like the end of January. And it was, I, it wasn't even like I, it was on my terms. Like I definitely wanted to go and come out to them. I was just like, I'm going to make it not come up as long as I possibly can. And eventually it got to the point where my parents were like, you don't go to church anymore. You don't do this. You don't do that. You like act weird when we, when we pray at, uh, you know, holidays, when you come over for, for dinner and all this kind of stuff, you never volunteer to pray anymore. And so they just were like, I really want to have a sit down conversation with you and figure out what's going on. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to have to tell them and we'll see what happens. The reason I didn't want to come out was because it wasn't really for my sake because I knew my parents wouldn't like scream at me or shun me or anything because that's, that's not how they are. And they're probably the only people in the church that wouldn't do that to their child. Um, so I guess there's a correlation between letting your kids listen to music and actually, you know, like loving them regardless of whether or not they believe in your, uh, and your deity. But I, I didn't want to basically make my mom, just like depressed all the time. And I figured that's probably what would happen. And she's taking it a lot better than I, I thought. It actually ended up being a relatively positive experience after we kind of debated and, and they were like, well, we don't have any more arguments for you. Um, okay. I guess you're an atheist now. I'll let you know if I can think of anything, but you've defeated all our points. So we'll, we'll, you know, we'll still be friends. It's okay. That kind of thing. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad that they didn't freak out on you or whatnot. Because I mean, you always hear these horror stories of other people who, you know, get their parents freak out on them when they find out. And uh, so it's really good that you have very supportive, uh, you know, parents, even though they're they're still part of that church, right? Um, they're a part of the same type of church, basically. They might be a part of something that's just a, a little bit less conservative. Uh, they go to a different church now, and part of that is because they think the reason why I'm an atheist now is because people, some people in my church were so, like, cultish and uh, so forceful. And, and so they, they basically they think it's just like a phase where I'm rejecting Christianity because I'm still, I've only been an atheist for like a year and a half or, or so. And uh, so they're still convinced it's a phase, and they don't really like my church because they think that it pushed me to that. So they, they're at another church. That's another independent fundamental Baptist church. Uh, it's just not that one, but yeah, their, their beliefs are, are pretty much the same, I guess. Okay. Well, I mean, um, I guess just playing devil's advocate here. Do you think that there could be any argument that could cause you to question, you know, what your, your, I guess your atheist worldview and, uh, you know, make you want to change back to being a Christian? Mm, you know, there's the Matt Dillahunty line where it's like, God knows the proof that I would require to, uh, 
to convert and become a Christian. But I think that maybe Holy Kool-Aid at one point mentioned this, that, uh, and I, I, I'm pretty sure that it was him. I, I really enjoyed this point, uh, whoever it was, it, but prayer studies would be, I, I would consider that some indirect evidence if they were properly controlled. Um, and I, I feel like I'm knowledgeable enough about the scientific process to figure out whether or not proper controls were in place. But, um, yeah, if I saw an overwhelming amount of prayer studies, like if there were tons of like systematic reviews and meta analyses of just all these prayer studies that confirm this one specific deity. And I guess consequently, like, you know, you pray to him in a certain way and it gets better results. That would be some evidence for me. It would have to, it would make me really reexamine a lot of my medical metaphysical type, uh, views. My, my philosophies would have to change in a lot of ways, but I would be willing to do that if I saw some evidence there. But I, I don't think that my church specifically had too much of a, of an influence on me just rejecting everything altogether because I was, I was out of that church for like four years, uh, and had become much more kind of just non-denominational, but still had fundamentalist belief type weirdness. Um, so I, I didn't really stake my identity in that church. And, and I don't really think that my rejection of Christianity had much to do with my rejection of the church because I didn't see myself as involved with that church anymore anyway. So it, it actually never crossed my mind until my parents brought that up when I came out to them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I grew up Roman or not Roman, uh, but I, I, I grew up Catholic. And then, um, you know, I went non-denominational and Baptist and all that. And I can safely say that I'm in the same boat. Like any one church didn't really have an effect on me becoming mm -hmm. an atheist. For me, it was actually a no true Scotsman fallacy that a friend posed to me um, saying that if you don't believe the Bible is literal truth, then you're not a real Christian. Like, it, 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 I guess it's kind of similar to how you kind of thought about it after your uh, astronomy class or whatnot. Like, it can't be metaphorical. It is either literal or it's not true kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I, I was kind of in the same boat as you. So <clears throat> um, Yeah, definitely. But, interpretations had a lot to do with my uh, – I, I thought a lot about interpretation during that kind of four-month media blackout and realizing, you know – Basically, literature is meant to be interpreted, and it is always interpreted. It's completely impossible to get away from your personal interpretation if you read something. And so I, I realized that is just uh, writing a book or inspiring people to write a book over thousands of years, even if there were complete, uh, if there, even if there was complete consistency, which there's not, then it wouldn't be an effective way of actually communicating your message. It'd be better to just make people be born with an inherent knowledge of how to have salvation. And, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, interpretation was a big part of me making my transition too. Okay. Um, now, uh, you said that you haven't really told very many people around you that you're an atheist. Have you told any of your closer friends that, that you're an atheist? Mm, I think I haven't actually directly told really any of my closer friends uh, and that seems weird, but I, they, I, I went to college with all of my like now close friends. I have literally one single friend from high school. Um, and he, he went to the church with me and he 
now thinks that the church was a little bit crazy, but he's, he's still Christian. And, uh, so no, I haven't really told any of my close friends, but when it comes to like meeting new people or making new friends, I, I'm always open about it. And some of my closer friends that I've made since I've been an atheist, uh, you know, all know, and they're, they're totally cool with it. But uh, one day it's going to be inevitable and I'll, I'll end up coming out to some of my uh, close Christian friends and I'm not totally sure what to expect from some of them. Some of them, you know, they'll be like, whatever, that's fine. Some of them I'm, I'm not really sure. And that's kind of why I haven't taken that step. Right. Yeah. I mean that, that, uh, you know, unknowing of, of how they're going to react can be pretty daunting. Um, uh, me, I, I pretty much went full force with it. <laughs> like, like I didn't just go out telling people, Oh, Hey, look, I'm an atheist now. But like, I didn't like restrict myself whenever talking about things. Um, did, do you, uh, I know that you earlier, you said that you really just don't think about, you know, bringing that kind of stuff up. Is that the same situation now, as far as like having, uh, religious debates or whatnot with them? Uh, do you just like not get into it or? Oh man, I, I am constantly biting my tongue, like all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, my, my wife knows how much and it, you know, it's probably too, it's probably an annoying amount, um, that I, I think about that kind of thing when I'm hanging out with my Christian friends, you know, and it's, it's especially strange because when I go out to dinner, like with my Christian friends, they all want to pray and I just kind of go along with it. I don't know some people in the atheist community might think that that's like horrible. I should never do that and subject myself to it. For me personally, it's not that big of a deal uh, until I've told them. If I tell them and they still expect me to do it, then they're douchebags. But I, I don't think they don't, any of them would be that way. But yeah, I, I think about it all the time when people are, when I'm hanging out with Christian friends and they say, oh, God wanted, wanted this to happen or I'm truly really struggling with this choice and I'm, I'm praying about it. And I think that I kind of, I, I think I might accidentally give hints sometimes because I talk about basing choices on evidence a lot to my friends. And some of them are probably like, oh, you know, Drew's like become a lot more of a liberal Christian. And he, he thinks that we're almost in a kind of like deistic type world. And, but I, I haven't, I haven't dropped any hints. I think that we're big enough to where anybody thinks, oh yeah, Drew's definitely an atheist, even though I, I really want to come out and say it a lot of the time. I haven't done that. Okay. Well, and I mean, I can't really blame you for that or blame you for, you know, going along with it. Um, you know, I, I've never been the one, the kind of person to really dictate how people should act. I feel like, you know, they, they, they know their situation a lot better than I ever could. So that, that, that's why, like, I don't like it when people are like, you shouldn't do that or whatnot. Cause I mean, I, you know, who, who am I to dictate your life kind of deal, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, looking back on the entire process and, uh, would you say that you've, you, uh, like, other than, like, your beliefs as far as a God existing, ha has anything else, like, really changed about you um, as far as, you know, between you being re heavily religious to now being non-religious? Um, I mean, really, the the way that I guess I live my life and the actions that I take is are not, like, super different, but the way that I think about things, process things, and kind of make decisions is pretty different in, in the way that I used to, like when I, when I was like deciding my major in college, 
I did like maybe a couple days of research into, you know, this is what this degree offers. This is what this degree offers. But mostly I would just pray about it and whatever I felt like I thought was God's will. And I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's what needs to happen. That's the major that I need to be. That's basically how I ended up like choosing the major that I, uh, actually got, which is a, a counseling psychology degree. And while I do think I made the right decision for what I like and for what I wanted to do, uh, I used to think that God's will would just kind of happen to me if I went with almost like my gut instinct. And now I'm extremely skeptical of my own feelings. And I, I really dig into a lot of data before I make any kind of decision. Like I, before, if I was going to move apartment buildings, I would be like, Oh, you know, if I really feel like that's going to be a good apartment building, um, then God just must want me to be there. And now I would be like looking up all of all the statistics I could possibly find that would help me make a decision, whether or not that was a good, like financial uh, decision, whether or not it was going to be close to the things that I liked, I guess how much space I would have, all that kind of stuff. It would come down a lot more. Uh, it's like a mathematical type decision. And so I make all my decisions based on evidence now. But, uh, I think from the outside looking in, it probably doesn't look too much different, but there are, there are decisions that I have made, uh, since becoming an atheist that were made in a very, very different way from when I used to be a Christian. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I can say like, I, I never had that kind of, uh, decision-making, uh, when I was a Christian, at least like, Oh, like, like I had various points in my life where I, I was like, well, this must be what God wants or something like that. But, uh, but I, I would say that I've, I've become a lot more analytical as well, as far as, you know, making decisions, uh, instead of just, uh, you know, leaving it up to God or whatnot. Um, but, uh, I, I'm kind of curious, um, what was, uh, did, did you feel any different? Like when you, when you, you know, admitted that you were an atheist or figured out you were an atheist, did you like feel any different like afterwards? Like for instance, for me, I felt like a huge weight had been lifted off my shoulders because like I was carrying around a whole lot of guilt because like I, I didn't go to church, you know, I didn't pray to God regularly. You know, I just, I didn't do all these things that I was brought up to think that I should do. And once I, you know, realized I was an atheist, that kind of lifted off my shoulders. So I'm kind of curious if you had any kind of similar uh, reactions. Yeah, actually I had uh, that same thing happen in a way. Um, I felt guilty about kind of thinking that Christians that got really emotional and into worship, um, I, I felt guilty about thinking that they were just getting caught up in hype and getting caught up in emotion. Uh, and so, and also I didn't really like to do like daily devotions, even though most of my friends did. And at my school, it, they were like, Oh, you know, if you want to succeed academically, you have to do devotions every day or you're not going to pass your classes and that kind of thing. Uh, and then, you know, the churches that I would go to, uh, would always say you had to do that too. And so, yeah, I had guilt lifted, uh, when I became an atheist, but, I, I think that when I first said the word atheist, I, I really started paying attention. Like, you know, my parents have always told me that people who don't live their lives according to the Bible are going to have really unfortunate existences, like not in their, just their afterlives, but in their earthly lives. And so I thought, you know, all these bad things will probably start happening to me. All my luck is going to go away, basically, if I become an atheist. And so when I first used the word atheist, I was like, 
all right, I need to check that assumption. If bad things are happening to me all the time, maybe I need to check it out. I mean, I was really skeptical of that because I thought, you know, if bad things are happening to me, that doesn't necessarily mean that, that, you know, I made the wrong decision because correlation is not equal causation, but I, I paid attention to it a bit. I actually, in order to, I guess, prove that idea wrong, I made a list pretty early on and I think I called it, um, God of coincidences. And for a while I, I've gotten away from it now. It's not something I do regularly anymore, but I became an atheist. I started this journal called God of coincidences and I would document every time something happened that if I was a Christian, I would think, wow, God really blessed me with that. Like I made a friend at work that was this, uh, they were into this specific thing that I was interested in. And I was like, man, I've really been wanting to get into this and I need someone else to also kind of be into this to help me figure out like what this is all about and uh, get like improve my skills in it. And I met that kind of person and I was an atheist and I was like, if I was a Christian, I totally would have thought God brought this person into my life and, you know, and finding a new job at one point after I became an atheist, I paid my second job paid more than my first job out of college. And I would have thought, wow, God brought this right to me and made it to where, uh, you know, I had the best opportunity possible. And yeah, so I guess that's, that's the way that things changed for me. When I became an atheist, I, I kind of stopped seeing coincidences as part of the universe's like innate plan or God's innate plan. Uh, so it, yeah, things, things lift off my shoulders and then things also changed in the way that I kind of looked at them as well. Okay. Yeah. I was just thinking that I've actually had two instances in my life where people have come up to me and they were like, I believe God put you in my life so I can witness to you. And I'm just saying yeah. like, no, we didn't. <laughs> I, I actually had um, one person at my very first job. I, it was a homeless shelter and I, I went back to go visit it. Uh, at one point after I had moved away from that area and I, I was an atheist at that point. I was talking to someone and this little kid walked up and we have this little exchange and I, I work with kids. So I feel like I'm, I'm decent with them. And, you know, we ended up playing a game and everything all in front of this one person. When the kid goes away, the person is like, you know, I really think that God put you here today to bless this child because they have like all this trauma and stuff. And like, they have so much trouble reaching out with to new people and they like really needed a person that could just play with them and, and, you know, not be threatening to them and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and then they went on to tell me that I would be just like the best youth pastor ever. And they totally believed that God was like literally talking through them right now to tell me what my destiny was. And I was like, okay, well, I guess, I guess, uh, you know, the universe accidentally conjured a blessing here. Um, and so I just kind of nodded along and smiled. And like my wife was off uh, to the side and, and she was, she just observed this whole thing and not interacting with it. And she was just like sitting there like, <laughs> then we walked out the door and she's like, Oh my God, that was unbearable. <laughs> so. Yeah. I've, uh, I don't know if you've heard of that. Um, it's, uh, what is it? Like eight, five, five, four truth. There's a, there's yeah. a, 
Yeah, there's a hotline you can call and you can have people witness to you. And uh, I remember I spent about an hour or so on the phone with one of with one of these guys, and I was throwing scripture at him after scripture. And he was like, you know, you 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 live in Alabama. You would have made a really good preacher. <laughs> Uh, but, but no, yeah, I, I think that, um, uh, I, I think that it, that it's, um, awesome that you do that kind of work though with, uh, with kids and, and, and the degree that you got, I think that's a pretty awesome degree. Um, and I, I do, um, I, I didn't comment on your video about the camp quest, but, uh, I did want to tell you that I think that that's awesome that you're, that you're volunteering there. Um, I appreciate you know, it. I, yeah, I, I didn't realize that you had such a background in it, but but you know it makes sense now that now that you've kind of explained it. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of curious: um, is is there any like one piece of advice that you could give like an upcoming like a person that's doubting, or maybe maybe even a new atheist? Uh, like if if there's one bit of evidence, uh, not evidence, um, but uh, advice that you could give them, what would that be? Hmm. I guess, I mean, I could give a piece of evidence or a piece of advice about, you know, this is how you should consider evidence and this is what makes good evidence and this is what disqualifies evidence. But uh, I guess really probably the best advice I could give to someone who's starting to question is don't, don't dwell on any kind of self-deprecating thoughts. Um, if the evidence suggests that you know, you are on your own, that your religion is not true, that you maybe should go against your religion or something. That's not your fault. Your doubts are not your fault. Uh, you should never have guilt for doubting. Uh, that's something that I was basically indoctrinated with. And there was some, but not as much uh, self-deprecation, I think, than uh, maybe someone else coming coming out of faith from my church would have had. And that was a good thing. And that helped me consider things, I think, more objectively. But yeah, don't don't get down on yourself for just trying to figure out what's true. It's totally okay. And if you end up finding something that you think makes your religion more credible, you know, that's okay. You shouldn't feel guilty either way. I mean, I, I don't necessarily agree that uh, there's any evidence out there that makes uh, any one religion more credible than just a position of like agnostic atheism. But I don't think that you should get down on yourself either way. Uh, if you start coming out of your religion and thinking, you know, I'm, I'm on my own. Like I, maybe I am being more reasonable than the people who taught me all this stuff. I made an, I made a video about is atheism prideful. And that's the one that like really shot up in views. And that's because a lot of people who are coming out of faith, I think, have trouble because they think, oh, you know, well, if I become an atheist, I'm basically saying I am my own God. And no, that's not true. You're just someone, you're just a regular human being who's trying to find truth the best they can. So don't get down on yourself for just doing that. It's it's totally normal, totally natural. Uh, yeah, that's an awesome bit of advice. Uh, I know that um, uh, plenty of, of atheists kind of go through this whole journey alone. And, um, I think, uh, you know, you're very lucky to have somebody there with you that was kind of going through with you at the same time. Uh, so I'm sure that helped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, uh, Drew, I really appreciate you joining me today, uh, for this, uh, interview. Um, I hope that you enjoyed it and I hope that maybe sometime you can come back onto the channel, maybe for like a collab video or something. 
Um, oh yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> great. Well, um, everybody right now, drop what you're doing, go subscribe to drew over on the genetically modified skeptic. <laughs> and uh go do that right now not that, as, as if any kind of bump from me could really rival Hemet Meta, but you know in case you haven't subscribed to him go and do that now um he he definitely does need more subscribers because your content is is very good um so anybody subscribing is is not going to be let down whatsoever um so definitely go and do that right now i appreciate it i mean i've only been around for it's, it's going to be like three months in just like a few days, I guess. And so I'm, I'm like overwhelmed with the amount of good responses that I've gotten and also the amount of people who've been trying to convert me. So that's, that's pretty great. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I really appreciate the plug there. I mean, I, I think that it definitely will help out my channel. So I, I really appreciate that. I enjoy your content. I'm glad that you enjoy mine. Oh yeah, definitely. And I've been trying to comment a lot more on, on videos because, uh, you know, I, I'm used to commenting like on Facebook, uh, cause that's, that's where I'm quote unquote big at. Um, so I, uh, I've been trying to do a bit more commenting on videos. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to, you'll start seeing me in the comments is what I'm trying to say. Uh, okay. But, awesome. Yeah. But anyways, Drew, it was really nice to meet you today and, uh, I guess I'll be seeing you later. All right, awesome. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for watching Genetically Modified Skeptic here. If you will, his links are down below. Go give him a subscribe. Let him know I sent you, and I will see you heathens later. Bye, guys.